0: Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is Dr. Leland. Today, I have a very special guest, Jason Hurley. Welcome to Level Up. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. So tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: So I was originally born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I was born a premature baby, so I weighed only three pounds. It came from a great family. Uh, ventured out I did uh, high school sports, track, and soccer, and then I went ahead and played soccer at college. And then I transitioned into the insurance industry where life um, happens really quickly. Yeah, that's a little bit about myself in a nutshell.
0: Awesome, what do you do right right now for a living?
1: So I oversee the content and branding for an insurance company. So I take care of all of the social media, Um, I also handle the internal and external marketing information. And then I also oversee uh, some of the data calls or internal audits that we need to do for the departments of insurance.
0: All right. Now, can you tell me a little bit about how we met?
1: Oh, through LinkedIn, networking. Networking at its finest, LinkedIn has been great, Um, just a community of like-minded individuals then LinkedIn. We actually know a mutual connection, which he introduced me to you, and it's just been a a great friendship or partnership.
0: That's awesome. It's always great to have networking, knowing people, getting to know each other. I wanted to jump in on the conversation of your thoughts on what do you think is your purpose?
1: My purpose in life is to give back um, I've had a lot of people and been fortunate to have run across people that's invested in me throughout my life. I'm in various spaces and places and I'm really fortunate for that. And I feel that I would be doing a disservice to them if they not, if they did not get a return on their investment. And for me, my purpose is all about offering value to others and seeing what way I can go ahead and add that value to that life because I'm a firm believer either you're adding value or you're taking value away.
0: And how does your daily work or life illustrate that purpose that you're trying to create?
1: I think it's every interaction. I think the, if you really look back at life, the pieces that we need are all around us and it's just navigating to figure out who we're going to use to help help us determine what piece to pick up and what piece to put down. And I think for me, it's it's really just in every interaction, really, who I come in contact with, the example I'm leading, because whether we like it or not, somebody is always watching you and just being cognizant of that. You may not know it, but your impact. Is definitely making a difference and that for me makes all the, difference in the
0: world that's true someone is always watching mine yeah. for sure are my kids they like to watch complain watch, complain, you know, like, mom, I need to go swimming. And I'm like, okay, there is cold work, you know, that pays for your school. That's what's happening right now. So your swim is going to stop for a minute, (laughs) right? Oh, man. Um, What does leadership mean to you when we're talking about conversation and having illustrated that within yourselves and within your space? What does that mean to you?
1: Leadership is, I think it means something different to everyone. For me, I think before you even go into leadership the first if you break it down it starts with lead and i think that's so important if you don't know how to lead then i think it's really hard for you to really grasp what leadership is i think leadership is a lifestyle i think it's leading by example leading with purpose just really setting that example and being that difference maker some people gravitate naturally towards being introverted, but I, I have a hard time. I think introverts are some of the best leaders and just because they may not be the loudest in the room, which I'm not a fan of just being that person either, but I think there is value when people that kind of observe, they take, soak everything in and they listen and I think they lead in their actions. And I think your actions will always outdo your words. As long as your actions don't betray your words, I think that's a leader. And that's somebody you want to emulate. That's somebody you want to be like. I asked a question the other day, which, I mean, caused me to really think. And it's it, it's something along the lines of, do you want to be that person that your daughter or son want to be like or be with and i think that is true leadership when you especially when you talk about you know the difference you're making with your kids you know are you that person that you know you will want your son or daughter to be like or your son or daughter to be with and if not you know what can we do to change that and i think it all starts within um in regards to leadership
0: Mm, that's actually pretty impactful If I were to answer that question, if I were to be, you know, someone asked me that, Mm -hmm. I would say yes and no. I believe that my children are 2.0. They're a combination of my husband and myself. And uh, Mm -hmm. my minimum expectation is they do better than I am. They are better than I am. So when they said you want to be with, probably not. I can't be demanding and bratty, believe me. Yeah. And I do not want my children to yeah. be bad. Okay, I'm going to just be putting it out there. I can be yeah. difficult. Uh, yeah. I'm very, uh, I know myself. I know my weakness, my disposition. I've been working at it for the last 25 years since I manage people. And when I'm mad, you will see that face. Oh yeah. And I try to play poker. Nope. I keep losing because I cannot control my nonverbal communication. I can't do it. And it's like, that's just my weakness. I've been working. And so when I will be asked that question, I said, yes, I don't want my kids to be that of me, that portion of me. But they are already better. And I think some of my podcast conversation when they're talking about leadership and I asked my daughter this, like um, I was an ambassador for the United Nations uh, women and Mm -hmm. girls. And I have two daughters. Yeah. So I asked her like, what does a leader mean to you? You know, she was like yeah. 11 and I was, it was heartfelt when she said, you know, just like you, I'm like, it kind of made me proud, but scared at the same time. <laughs> I think it's because I know my weakness and I hope that yeah. that will never happen. And our kids are our future. They're the future yes. leaders. They're the future people who makes decisions for us, for the world, for the earth. What are we leaving them to think about, right? And I think the yeah. education space and the corporate world should work together to make sure that leadership—like we hear it all the time right now—leadership, leadership, thought, leadership, collaborative, servant. I mean, you name it, they just come up with some more words. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's humanity, right? I agree. It's humanity because people, I think sometimes we have our own biases. I come with my own biases based on my culture background and how I was raised. It's, it's ingrained in me for the first 10 years of my life. Right. And that actually creates my moral and ethical compass. Now for you, I like that you (laughs) actually say, Hey, in order for you to be a leader, I want to emulate certain person, but we look at certain person as a leader of characteristics and, I'm taking that you might be on the introverted version or side as a leader or a little bit of both.
1: I'm both. It really depends on my comfort level. I can go ahead and I can observe like a chameleon, but then there's a part of me that that extrovert comes out uh, because I coach soccer. So me being an athlete, that extroverted leadership, I was a captain, uh, on my soccer team, and I was a captain, you know, running track, that, it's ingrained in me, but I've had to learn I have to lead differently depending on who I'm talking to, because I think there's some people that if you go ahead and try and lead one way, and it's kind of like my way or the highway, they may shut down, And, and I I've learned that the hard way. And I have two kids. I have a son and a daughter. And my son's 14 and my daughter's 12. And the way I address them both, I have to take different approaches. You know, I have to be fair, but the way I go about it, it has to be different because if not, they will shut down. And I think that also goes into emotional intelligence. That goes into a whole deeper rabbit hole. Um, But I I think as a leader, you never stop learning. Continuous improvement is huge. And I think the second that you feel like you've arrived as a leader, I think you have it all wrong. I think true leadership is is evolving because what was the way of doing things 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 10 years ago, may not be the same way now or 5 years from now. And, you know, you kind of look at parenting, too. You know, you, we talk so much about our parents, and we talk so much about, you know, who, who is poured into our lives and invested in us. But I also look at, too, you have to be cognizant of take the good, leave the bad. But you also have to be able to have your own voice and be confident in your own skin. And I think that kind of leadership is, is so valuable.
0: Yeah, I think being a 360 um, leader is super important. Yep. Now, within your space right now and Mm -hmm. what you're doing, what are you doing to give back to your community that shows leadership?
1: I think with that... It's, it's all about leading by example and staying true to who you say you are. I think the awesome authenticity piece is huge. In um, the space that I'm in right now, you have to realize in leadership, you're going to get a lot more exposure than you normally would, which is good. But you also, I'm a firm believer of, can you handle the success or you can can you handle the role that comes with it? and i think with that is always going to come more responsibility and for me it's just it's really great being exactly who i say i am regardless of who's watching um, i think you should be the same person online as you are offline and uh, with me overseeing social media and, and the branding and marketing and you know being all in in a personal brand i think that with certain scrutiny but you also have certain people that you normally would not interact with they're looking to see your true authentic self and they're looking to see what kind of value that you add and I think for me it's all about adding that value and being exactly who I say I am both online and offline
0: yes and you're adding value to this conversation what is your lifetime goal
1: Oh, I, I think when everything's all said and done, my life my life goal is to be able to know that I made a difference in one person's life. And, you know, some people may just say, well, just that one person. And I, I'm okay with that because everybody has a story. Everybody has a background and you do not know the impact that you have on that person's life and what that person is going to do because of it. Um, I think, you know, we talk about childhood so much, and we all could think about, you know, that one teacher, one professor, um, that was really good to us, and that kind of made that impact in our life. And whether they know it or not, or whether you had a chance to tell them, they really played a huge role or part or could be the reason why you went into a certain career or why you all of a sudden believed in yourself or gave you the confidence that you needed. There's so many different variables uh, when you're still developing and growing as a person, and I think that's been valuable to me, and if I'm able to go ahead and pass that on to just one person, I think it's been worth it all.
0: True. Now, today, what are you actually doing professionally that um, help others even make a small impact? I know you said you're a coach to your kids' soccer. That's making an impact, actually, on your kids' lives and other people's lives. What other thing can you actually show that, hey, I'm making an impact in my own community to make a difference?
1: I think with professionally, it is finding a need and filling that need based upon the wants. I think there's so many times, especially with the industry that I'm in, you have a need, you have a want, and you have a desire. And I think being able to navigate between what our customers need, what they want, and what they deserve all align. And for us, it's finding the need, giving them what they want, and also providing what they deserve and going above and beyond. Um, I think in our industry, so many times we focus on the beginning part and put all our energy and effort in saying, okay, let's go ahead and get them in. Let's get the customer in. But there also is a process that once you get them in, you have to complete the transaction. That's good, but you don't stop there. It's then what you do after the transaction is complete, and I think it's that customer-focused piece where we're trying to win a lifelong customer. It's not just, hey, this is a one-and-done type deal. It really is building that rapport, building that trust, and adding that value so that whenever they think of us, think, okay, that loyalty, that brand loyalty, that is what we're trying to do. And that's the space that we're playing in now that I think has been crucial to our success.
0: That's actually okay. good. Now, do you do life insurance or auto?
1: We do a uh, general liability. So we're more, we're more for uh, commercial insurance. Um, think about like a home builder. Um, okay. People that go out and build your home. Um, people that are out in the oil and gas, uh, industry. That goes to work on the rig at a pipeline. So we, we kind of it's more of a, a commercial line as opposed to personal lines like uh, state farm
0: something. I see. I used to work for Geico for five and a half years. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so you know. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, customer service and retention is. I was in a retention unit for three years and. Same thing with education. You know, you don't think education actually is a business. It is. You're mistaken if you don't think it is. It is because they need to retain um, students. And I think sales gets a bad rep because they're like, oh, salespeople are liars. They lie just to get you in, right? You hear (laughs) it. You hear it. And you try to make it different. I did sales on staffing for construction. I have no idea how to do construction. But I go for the CEO and I'm like, why do I need to talk to the foreman when he's still going to go to the CEO and ask for, you know, permission? I just go to the CEO. If he says no, then move on rather than me wasting my time. So I just go for the CEO. I'm like, sir, here's my deal. If you give me an hour with my team and if they don't go into, you know, their subpar to you, I'll return. I'll take them people's out and put you another Mm -hmm. skilled worker. Right. And he's like, man, you're hustling. I'm like not my first time in the roadie I don't know anything about construction but I know sales <laughs> and I'll be honest like I'm not I, I don't lie because it's gonna come back to you and it's a small community to do that and I think that the bad reputation is you want that sale so bad that you're willing to do anything and sometimes you are say yes to the customer knowing that it's not possible and then when they get in and the customer service gets called Well, Jason told me this is possible. Sorry, ma'am. It's not possible, right? And that's when the reputation actually builds up. And the one person gets a bad mouth, 10 people, it's going to get a bad mouth, right? And so that's, I think, how sales are getting a bad reputation. Because I've been in sales for probably 15, 20 years. Even when I was teaching, I'm still teaching full time. Mm -hmm. I have a corporate job and I teach. And so I do both. And because I love teaching and with the corporate job, I do a lot of sales and marketing. And that's the reputation that you get. And I always say like, they always say, well, where's your LinkedIn, little lady? You know, like all this man in construction. Uh And I was like, here's my LinkedIn. And they looked at me, they're like, you're a doctor, you're in sales. I'm like, yeah, I like the money. I mean, who doesn't? I need to live, right? But it doesn't mean I'm going to lie to you because that's my reputation you're talking about right mm-hmm. it takes you a lifetime to create that build up reputation it takes 30 seconds to ruin it i'm not about to ruin that correct so correct. i think that's the hardest part and i think with leadership we have a lot of people saying it's toxic leader i think for me toxic leadership an organization is not having a culture Ooh. Ooh organization who doesn't have a culture who just hire people and leadership upstairs the CEO and the vice president they're all about the data they're all about the numbers then you have the middle manager who's about people and then there's you who's team leading and you're like okay are we all about the numbers or are we all about the people you're confused right and so you're like okay let me do my thing I- I'm good with people I'll collaborate and then you get slap in the hand saying what are you doing? We need more numbers. And you're like, we
1: need to hit these numbers Yeah, at the end of the month or the end of the quarter. And we're behind our, our goal or our growth goal or our budget. You You need to get your people in line. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. so right because, and this goes back to where your actions betray your words, because there's so many people and you know, this firsthand culture, core values, All of that stuff and and, and the bad rap that some organizations get is just because you have a sign that says you value this, or you have seven core values or a mission statement or whatever, you do not know how to treat your people right. People can see through it. And because they can see through it, you have certain companies and you know even in the education industry, there's so many different people or organizations or institution where it seems to be a constant cycle of they can't ever get it right and you're right it all goes down to that culture and either they have it or don't have it and they found that balance between having a good culture and knowing how to treat their employees and i think and the leadership leads by example and i think when all of that aligns you're good, but not having that culture or not having that accountability or not having that set of values that you adhere to, you live by it. That's what you do. And not having brand brand ambassadors that can speak for it as well in addition to your executives, you're so right. You hit the nail right on the head.
0: Yeah. How about let's go back to kindergarten. When people say, Thank you, please. Oh, I'm glad you did that. We, we tell our kids, like, say, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> thank you, sir.
1: Please open the yeah. door
0: if you're a gentleman. Please go yes. first, right? And I think if you're a leader, you need to go back to kindergarten. Ooh. Honestly, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> you're right.
1: And it, this, this goes down the other, you know, because you hear so many people. But I really, you're right. If we can see the world through the eyes of a child, I think the world would be in a better place. Before we're corrupted by all the, the, the hidden, the smiling faces with the hidden agendas. When you think about kindergarten, that is where you first learn right versus wrong. Just find out. Just start with that. What's right and what's wrong? You learn that. Principle. So when people get older and they say, well, I didn't know if it was right and they want to play in that great deal. No, you learn from a child what's right and what's wrong. Thank you, please. Mm -hmm. Um, Just treating, having manners, kindness. Kindness is something that I think has gotten a bad rap throughout the years because it's not the cool thing to do. It hasn't really been glorified. You hear the nice people finish last, and you hear the rat race and all of that. But underneath all of that noise, if you find somebody who is kind and has a good heart, and good attention. And there's no other hidden agenda behind it. Just just doing what's right and just being kind to of people. Or telling somebody, hey, you did a good job. It does not take a lot to tell somebody, hey, you did a good job. I appreciate you. Thank you for doing that. Those kind of different ways you know some people say, well, you know, I'm not big into words of affirmation. Well, okay, that's fine. But can you can you at least say thank you?
0: Those two wow. syllables.
1: Yes. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I mean that's not hard, like you need a strength. And, and this is it, so hard for me sometimes to watch people. they will treat sometimes somebody that they don't know, they'll say thank you to, but they're coworkers or their, their managers, or their direct reports, they have a hard time saying thank you to them. And I think there's something's wrong with that. Because if you could just, somebody you don't know, and they say, hey, thank you for that, then you get into your workplace and you, you you just have this, it's like you hate the world, you hate people, you hate life. And, you know, there has to be a balance because I think so many people are burned out you know, and this goes into work-life balance, but, man, people really just need to sit back, remember what's important, remember what's not, and I think your values and and just your politeness and kindness and gentleness and being humble. I think if you have all of that, I think being kind is just going to come But it's sad. It's sad where we are
0: in a lot of ways. I don't like the divide. The divide is a little bit too much for me to handle right now. Like Mm -hmm. all the Asian hate. Recently, there's a grandfather Asian. It's like 20 minutes from me. Mm -hmm. I think he he or she was just walking and she got run over and died. Mm. But why? Yeah. Because she's a a certain color skin. But why? She didn't do anything. She's walking, like literally. Why do we do this to people? Why so much anger? You know, (laughs) and... It's just it boggles me because like when Ovaldi thing happened two days after mm-hmm. that, I got a text from my kid's school saying there's a sh- active shooting happening near within a mile radius of my kid's school. My heart started pounding so fast yeah. and they're like, oh, the cops are here. You don't have to come here. I'm like, oh, I don't have to come there. I drove my yeah. butt in there and just <laughs> say like, this mama's yeah. not going to get stopped and my husband like, you know, and it, it's our kids shouldn't have to live like that.
1: No, and they live in a different world. Yeah, And because they live in a different world, um, I think <laughs> there's a quote that I like, and it, it's teaching kids. So many times we put an emphasis on what teaching, or giving our kids what we didn't have, but we do not take the time to teach them the lessons that we wish we had learned. And I think so many times now as parents, there's so much that we did not have to go through, but we've learned throughout the course of life. And I think it's our duty to pass that on to these kids because they are navigating through a different lens than even we had to go through. Mm-hmm. And I think if we took that time to really help our kids understand, because we don't take the time because in, in, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll leave it up to social media. Or we'll leave it up to somebody out, the school, to go ahead and parent our kids. Do so you have teachers or professors. It's to be the parent, the teacher, the confidant, the, the 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 person that they feel safe with. And have them wear all these different roles. And I think us as parents, us as leaders, we owe it to this generation to help them navigate through all of this noise, help them instill these values that Seem to be a dying breed, and giving them all the tools that they need to at least stand a chance at being successful later on in life. Because I think they're going to need all of that and more. Because they're still they're still trying to navigate through all of this. And us as parents, I mean, even we're looking at it like, what's happening? Um, you know, I'm in Oklahoma, and you know, we made national news a week and a half ago where somebody went into a hospital and you know, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know, being in the Bible Belt or in a safe place. I don't think many people thought that, Oh, that's going to happen in Oklahoma. But yes, it happens anywhere. Then you, when you have people and you have this certain mindset, it hits home. And I think between it's, it's happening too frequently now where it's it's gaining so much attention, where we're having to parent different, we're having to do all these different things different, but I think we need to make sure that we're doing something to help our kids out. And that, that just, that, it, it puts a lot more on our plate, but I think later on, we're gonna set these kids up in the right direction because if not, and they're having to learn through the media, having to learn through their friends or they're having to learn through influencers that they follow on instagram
0: or yeah, LinkedIn. yeah. like you do <laughs> not
1: want them you do not want your kid not all of them are bad they're good influencers. Yeah.
0: They, yeah they
1: are you know but the majority of them they're really trying to emulate that's not who
0: no i don't think <clears throat> so i feel bad for my kids when they're going through a lot and you know they shut down so i always try to talk to them and say hey yep let's have a conversation mine I have an 18 year old and a 15 year old okay and so she's at that moment where she's adult but not adult because she can't live in her own not in California it is (laughs) it is very you know and and she yesterday we had a conversation about one of her friend getting kicked out and he's 19 Mm -hmm. and he's homeless but Mm -hmm. his girlfriend from Texas came and so they you know she he's staying with him and I'm like what does the parents do and yeah. they're like, well, the mom just, they don't have a good relationship And the dad. He went to the dad and the dad kicked him out. And I'm like, and then you wonder why kids want to murder adults, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. what is yeah. happening? The kids were not asked to be born. Yes, they can be difficult. Let me tell you, sometimes I tell them, I'm like, I need a break as a mom. As of two hours ago, yes. I'm not your mother. <laughs> goodbye you know and and literally she this girl my daughter i'm like i i i something i'm, I'm racing somebody that i don't want it's because like literally she's like mom i'm hungry and i'm like i just cooked spaghetti and she gave me this non-verbal cues in her face that she didn't want the food i'm like guess what child you're gonna be hungry today because that's what you're gonna get and she literally didn't eat and she asked her dad and her dad's like your mom made spaghetti same thing she did i'm like guess what that's on you when you go and move out of this house okay and i don't want to kick my kids out i don't ever want to do that i want them to to do what they need and i need to give them the tools like i need you to get a job i need you to learn how to drive i need you to navigate and you know this is your safety net right now because when you put that kid out of the door and you didn't give them the tools that they need like balance a checkbook being able to decipher which one which friend is bad and which friend is just sucking your resources right or having a conversation and respecting yourself right yes. especially for daughters you need to respect yourself before anything yes. else yes. i'm having that conversation and and your clothes like you know and they complain to me like mom these shorts what what are we doing with these short because the clothes nowadays it's like everything is open you know and i'm like well guess what you're gonna wear your dad's jeans and we're gonna cut it to the knee you know like yeah. I mean, yeah. what are we going to do because all these people are, are creating clothes that are just crazy. And and I told my girls and, and they're like, "Well, what are we going to do?" So we found shorts that like, you know, on the knee because they don't feel comfortable wearing those clothes. So we, you know, wear t-shirts that are a thing and some of the girls make fun of them saying, "Hey, you guys look emo because you have dark hair." And my kids are like, "Do you even know what the <laughs> definition yeah. of emo is?" But see, I've raised them where they don't care what you say. Um, you either friends with me or you're not friends with me and they play music. They great singers. She already released her, one of her song on apple when she went through a lot emotionally through the pandemic. So they're navigating through that and I see them growing, but I wish that they were five. Honestly, <laughs> I wish they were more agreeable, but I think as parents, it's our responsibility. Like you said, leaders is staying at home, you mm-hmm. know? make sure that we're coaching them make sure that we're navigating but i think most importantly we're socialized especially female to accommodate a lot of times Mm -hmm. and not only that but we're socialized that it's okay to be second everyone has to be first we also socialize that you have to be perfect at whatever that lens is either the Kardashians or somebody else and Mm -hmm. that if you are not if you make a mistake then you're a loser right Mm. so I'm reversing that with even my adult teams I have to tell them and they're they're actually like shocked to say that I'm doing it I'm like it's okay let's make as many mistakes as we want this is your chance guys let's make mistakes then make sure that each one of you made the mistake give me three solutions viable solutions so we can fix that problem okay but make as many mistakes because if you're afraid to make mistakes you're not innovating You're putting yourself in a box. This is it. I'm a B, a B, a B. That's it. Because if I go above that wall, I'm going to be a loser. You're not innovating. Hello? No. And so I tell my girls, I'm like, Nope, that's not how you work it. And they tell their friends, my mom said, Nope. You know, so, I mean, they're like, what, you, you know, and I'm five feet tall when you meet me. I'm short, but I tell yeah. my girls, I'm like, they're taller than me. I'm like, uh-uh. I will jump from this table if you talk back to me. It's not even happening right now. It's
1: respect. Yeah. It's respect. And I love what you said about it's okay to fail. It's okay to make a mistake and then come up with three solutions because that's how you're learning. That's how you're growing because these kids go into the workplace. And depending on what kind of boss they get, you know how many cultures that they have where people are so afraid to make a mistake because they feel like they'll get fired or they feel like they're going to be, it's going to be a ramification. So then they want to be put in that box and that's where all your creativity dies, your innovation dies, all of it dies and it's that boiler room crab mentality, and it's just, it's not good. And I, there's so much value in what you're doing as far as instilling these principles to say, okay, it's okay to fail. It's okay to make a mistake. What are you doing Mm -hmm. once you realize it? What are you learning from it? What are you taking from it? And then when you get that test or you get that lesson again in life, You already have three different solutions or or multiple different vantage points to look at it, where you pause, think about it, and then you go with what you feel is right. And that's, I I love that. And I wish so many parents took that play out of their playbook because you're talking about just as a human. Uh and, and you're just talking my at that age. But it trend that is transferable to so many different areas of your life you know that it's okay to fail and what you do with the hand you're dealt and how do you go ahead and grow from it. And how do you become a an overcomer? And how do you how do you rise up? And there's so many different stories that we hear about entrepreneurs are just uh-huh. success stories where it all stems from a failure, or in the midst of chaos, but birth out of that is your resiliency, is your grit, is your your great story that you tell everybody, the underdog and all of that, they had to fail first. Mm -hmm. And there is so much value in that because how many stories do we hear where everything's picture perfect from conception all the way down to their death? You don't hear that and because it's not life. And you're right. They they, they get so caught up where being a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. have to be perfect. and I have to do this and I have to do that. And if not, then my life's a failure. And you know, and that's just that is such a bad, bad, um, just bad mindset to have because they need to have that growth mindset and I love the fact that you're instilling in them a growth mindset and and just that continuous improvement mm-hmm. and just changing and evolving because that will stick with them through the rest of their life and then you know hopefully obviously the plan is they one day turn um, and that over to your grandkids or you know what have you. So no you're right. You're you're spot on I do
0: that with my team now as adults because I see a lot of my team who are, you know, well accomplished but yes. they're socialized we're all socialized to yeah. to only think what's perfect and and yeah. in my culture in asian culture it's even worse okay yes. it's even yes, worse it is. i mean like my kids i had to lay off after the pandemic but like if they get a b minus that's an f for me and a minus is barely an a, a b like what is happening why you know and that's that's how i was raised i have to adjust because my yes. husband's american so we we're trying to balance that you know yeah. and and they're like mom i got a b minus i just cringe and they're like mom you're so uncomfortable i'm like yeah i'm dying inside but it's okay outside right now i'm yeah, I but but i have to be honest like that's how my culture is we are you know and you have to look at it there's 2 billion people okay and you know what i i my youngest she's so smart she's like mom can i ask you something what's a defi- definition of a minority right and I, and i told her about it and she's like okay so if there's 7 billion people in the world and Asian people are 4 billion plus. How are we a minority again? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. A that is, and, That's a beautiful mind. Yeah. She's like, and she had, at five, she asked me, and this is kind of a religion question, and it mm-hmm. it, it just, I had to come up with an answer, and yeah. Yeah. and she said, she asked me a question. She goes, you know, I wonder why Jesus forgive people um who who'll kill other people, who murder other people, who steal, um, mm-hmm. things like that. But he mm-hmm. can't forgive if you kill yourself. Why is that? This is a five-year-old. You know what my answer was? What, what was it? I said, because if you kill yourself, you can't repent. Uh, other people. I made her think. Yeah. And that stuck with her. Mm-hmm.
1: That, that stuck with you. You know, I love that because she's going to be the one. When we talk about right versus wrong. She's going to be the one that knows her value, knows her worth, knows what's acceptable, Mm -hmm. knows what's not. And she will not work for a company or put up with somebody that treats her less than what she deserves. And that to me is so great. And you talk about for the women that they need to know their value, you know, because I tell my daughter that, look, that codependency stuff, we're not doing that. You need to know your value, know your worth, you need to set your own trail, and if somebody comes along that is of a certain caliber and they meet you where you're at, okay, then we could talk. But if you are not compromising, you are not putting yourself down, you are not doing any of that to meet the needs of some other man or what a uh, person may think about you or anything like that, you know who you are, what you bring to the table, what you have to offer, And if respect is no longer being served at that table, it's time to go. go. And I love it. I I, I love it. And, and, you know, especially with fathers and daughters. Um, Mothers and daughters have a... a, 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 But there's something about fathers and daughters uh, that it's just a little bit different. And, you know, I think it's a duty as father to be able to teach your daughter that so that she knows what to expect. And you talk about, you know, you you hit, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but like you're teaching these girls what it takes to be a wife because you know, what, what is acceptable, what's not, they're really flaming, like what a family looks like, what's acceptable, what's not. And they're learning through your lens. And it's great because you are so, you're humble and you're a realist, but you have such an open dialogue with your kids. And I think that is key because growing up, I've seen people not have that safe place with their mom and dad. And you kind of know, you know, you talk about kind of the education and you know, but B-minus, that's unacceptable. I guarantee there were some times when you were like, I can't, I, I, I need somebody to talk to, but it was just, hey, this is what's acceptable, this is what's not, as long as you're under my roof, this is the way it's going to go. And, you know, a lot of times we find an outlet maybe with an aunt or uncle or whatever, I mean, or grandma, or grandpa, and everybody, hey, you're too hard on her, or, you know, yeah, and you have kind of that voice, but not everybody has that. And I love the fact that have that open door where your kids feel comfortable to talk to you about about anything. And that, to me, when you talk about being a leader and all of that, there's so much that we learn from our home life that transfer over to our professional life. And that makes us a better leader, that makes us a better person, makes us a better friend, father, wife, spouse. it, It just all kind of bleeds in together, but I love it. it. It starts at home. It, yeah. it starts yeah. at home. And and I think if we understood that.
0: We're so safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it starts at the house.
1: So it all starts at the house. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think yeah. another thing that the last thing I wanted to talk is. As parents, we get mm-hmm. mad and get upset with our kids. They do. Let's just say the word stupid. It You just do stupid things. And you're like, why are you doing yeah. this? And sometimes over and over right it's like repetition i'm like i'm gonna record myself so i don't have to repeat myself 120th time yeah but what i've learned from my kids is that when you're mad at them don't brute as a parent don't take it over to the night don't take it over to the day when you're mad at your kids be mad five minutes ten minutes and there's times where I bite my tongue because I know I'm going to regret what I'm gonna say afterwards. You
1: know your triggers, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so know. I it's walk it's away, and my kids follow me. I'm like, "Do I look like I want to talk to you right yeah. at this moment? Right? Give me some space." Yeah. Like, and I, I told her, I'm space, like, "Yeah." I said, "I don't want to be mean to you right now, and what I'm thinking is not good. So I need you to go away for a minute." And I think as parents, you need to have that self control. Um, with your mouth because I, I i believe that your words hurt more than if you were getting spanked when you're two words Ooh. hurt you deeper than a dagger would honestly because that wound can heal the words is forever set in your mind i cannot yeah. i always believe in that so that's definitely the last thing as a parent as a leader be careful with with your words your words wait more way more than a gold okay gold ounces whatever silver diamond you want to call it your words weigh more. So you gotta be careful on what you say to your kids, to your partner, right? To your subordinates, to your manager, to whoever. And if you're not feeling good that day, just just walk away. Just walk away.
1: Ooh, there's value in that. And and you're right. Because so many so many people may take that and say, Oh well, I just watch what I say verbally. No. You also need to watch what you put in print and over social media, because in this day and age, where mental health is a is a household name, these words mean a lot. And a lot of these kids are all over social media, and what are they reading? Words. They're reading words from people, and they're replaying it over and over and over again. And you're right, words can pierce the soul, unlike anything else and the damage that is done
0: cannot be Sometimes undone it can't can be undone and, and regardless of how many times you say you're sorry that that wound
1: cuts so deep and we do need to be held accountable we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard what we say and definitely what we communicate or convey or type out on social media Or just in any, wherever we're at, we just need to make sure our words, they matter. And just like, hey, you did a good job. Thank you. Please. Just like those positive words, those negative words, they do damage in a different way. But yeah, you're spot on 100%.
0: I love this conversation. I'm (laughs) glad that we went on because I think it's a great conversation to have as parents, as workers, as as new friends, right? So yeah. great leadership yeah. conversation. It, it, it yes. starts from the home, right? It starts yes. from the yes. home. So yes. this is great. Well, thank you for, so much for your time today. I appreciate you very much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at levelupbydocleland@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Docleylandspells spells d-o-c-l-e-y-l-a-n-d at gmail.com i will see you soon in my next episode stay connected informed and inspired until next time